Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Ethan Klesina of the Goal to Go podcast coming at you live this morning, Sunday, the 26th of September, mere minutes before kickoff of week three's Sunday slate. I wanted to come in real quick and give you guys my expectations for each of these games on Sunday as well as the Monday night football game. As you guys know, week three already kicked off on Thursday between the Texans and the Panthers. That went went as well as we expected it to be. Carolina Panthers handled business, but it did come at a cost. Uh, If you did not hear, Christian McCaffrey went down with a injury in the second quarter. He would not return. It was later deemed a a, a relatively significant hamstring strain. He's going to be held out a few weeks. He did get an MRI on Friday, and the results are pending to determine the severity and the length of how long he will be out. But Carolina Panthers win that one. Uh, But of course, all eyes are on Christian McCaffrey's status moving forward. I think the main goal here is just to limit any long-term injuries sustained to McCaffrey. We don't want to repeat of last year when he got injured in about week three, week four, and he kept on trying to come back. And before you know it, he was just out for the entire season, having only played about three or four games in 2020. I think that's what Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers need to try and focus on and avoid this season. He is obviously the focal point of that offense. When he left the lineup on Thursday, their offense lacked a lot of juice. There was not as much continuity. He is the centerpiece, and they just don't operate the same when he's not in there. They still have the other pieces to get it done against a team like the Texans without their uh, without their quarterback to Rod Taylor. So they were able to handle business, but against a more formidable opponent, they will need to find ways to get around the McCaffrey injury and play good offense. Right now, uh, Chubba Hub Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard, Hubbard, not exactly sure. The kid from Oklahoma State, my buddy John would be upset at me for not getting his name right. But right now, Chuba Hubbard, the rookie third round pick from this past draft, is slated to be the starter with Royce Freeman backing him up. We'll see what the Panthers do to rotate those guys in as they move forward without CMC. But let's get to the week three slate. Guys, there's a number of good games here that I just wanted to touch on before kickoff. So let's hop into it and let's go to one of the better games of the week. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Los Angeles to face the Rams. This is a great game. It's pitting the number one overall defense in the Los Angeles Rams against the number one overall offense through two weeks, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams defense has been playing at an exceptional level. Granted, it's not like they have played the most prolific offenses in the entire league. They got the Chicago Bears and Andy Dalton in Week 1, and then Carson Wentz in the Indianapolis Colts in Week 2. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that they have been absolutely dominant on that side of the ball. And the best way to rattle Tom Brady, as we've learned in the past, is internal pressure. Well, the Rams probably bring the most and most fierce, formidable pressure up the middle in the entire league with Aaron Donald. He has been, as you would expect, as advertised through the first couple of weeks, he's still the best player on the field every time the Rams defense takes the field. So it's going to be interesting to see Aaron Donald go up against this very strong Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay offensive line. Ali Marpet, I believe his name is, is the center. He's one of the better centers in the league, and he has a good chemistry with Tom Brady, he understands the protections and he's very 
Um, he's one of the better centers, so he can recognize the blitzes as well as the defensive scheme that the defense is cooking up. So it'll be interesting to see how Aaron Donald fares against this offensive line. I think this is one of those where if the defense can get to Brady and rattle him a little bit, he's been held upright because of how good this offensive line is thus far in the season. If they can get to Brady then, I think the path is open for the Rams to come in and steal this one. Um, you know, even though they are way more formidable on both sides of the ball, especially with Matt Stafford on offense, uh, Tampa Bay is still the favorite, in my opinion, on the, in this one because of Tom Brady. He He's the number one quarterback on pro football focus right now, above Patrick Mahomes, above Dak Prescott, above whoever else has been playing well this year. I don't even think that a lot of these quarterbacks necessarily have been playing well um, consistently through two weeks, but Tom Brady has. He leads the league with passing touchdowns with nine in the NFL. That's two games. Nine through two games. He has just been playing at an absolute another level, which is ridiculous even for Tom Brady's standards. But we'll also need to see if Tampa Bay's defense can play better against one of the more electric offenses in the NFL right now. Obviously, coming off of a Super Bowl win, I was touting all offseason how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are retaining all of their guys on defense. It hasn't looked that way thus far. They look like they've been struggling. They're missing some guys in the secondary, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, who dislocated his elbow in that week one Thursday night football game against the Dallas Cowboys. We'll have to see if they can keep up with Matthew Stafford in this Sean McVay offense. This is a great game, guys. This really is. Los Angeles probably has the more well-rounded team, number one on defense, and then the number two overall offense, um, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's really tough not to take the Rams, but with the way that Tom Brady is playing, I can't go against Tom Brady. We People have tried in the past, and they've been burned by it. Until Tom Brady gives me any, any indication that he is going to cool off a little bit from this nine-touchdown hot streak that he is on and just commanding one of the best, um, most well-distributed offenses in the league. I can't go against him. I'm picking the Buccaneers to win against the Rams today. Let's move on to Green, Green Bay traveling to San Francisco. Uh, sportsbooks love San Francisco in this one. And it has me a little confused as to why. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came back to earth in week two. And then Aaron Rodgers, con uh, conversely, he unleashed who he truly is and who we all have learned to love um, and watch on the football field. But the yeah, I, I understand that San Francisco is a home team in this one, but Green Bay showed you their firepower last week. And I understand their left tackle, Elkton Jenkins, is out. So they're going to have to be holding, they're going to have a backup left tackle going up against Nick Bosa as well as Eric Armstead, who are one of the best duos at getting after the quarterback so far through two weeks, um, as far as pressures is concerned. So Green Bay has its hands full with that, but I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo gets into a shootout in this game. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up with Aaron Rodgers. It seems like this may be a good opportunity for Kyle Shanahan to let loose his rookie first-round pick, and Trey Lance here in this game. Good opportunity. It's not like the Green Bay defense is that stifling. It's It would be an ideal matchup for the rookie to come into, but we will see. Um, 
on top of that, San Francisco secondary is struggling. Emmanuel Mosley may return, which is good. He's one of their starting. He was one of their starting cornerbacks at the beginning of the season. He's been injured through the first two weeks, though. Um, that is going to be a problem for San Francisco. They, I mentioned it last week, but they are down to their third and fourth corners. Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to exploit that with the best number one receiver in Devontae Adams on his team. And if, if the Green Bay Packers O-line can hold up against those uh, pass-rushing duo for San Francisco, I think that Rodgers is going to eat in this one. Green Bay wins by a touchdown. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Dallas to face the Cowboys. I've been impressed with the Cowboys' defense thus far in 2021. I mean, but, but we can talk about you know Mika Parsons, but just overall, the entire offense just seems a little more stifling. And they're a little more formidable against, you know, the run and the pass. The fact that they held Tom Brady, um, maybe not held, but they kept the offense in the game against Tom Brady in week one. And then they went up against a very talented Chargers offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion, and Justin Herbert. And they played well against Justin Herbert, forcing two, forcing two turnovers um, and holding them to only two scores or I'm sorry, two touchdowns in that game. Granted, Chargers were kind of shooting themselves in the foot with all the penalties. But it shouldn't be understated how well the Cowboys defense played in that one as a whole. But let's get to the, let's not belay the point anymore. Mika Parsons, Micah Parsons. I'm struggling with names today. This kid is special, man. And I know Cowboys fans, I think, were hoping that they would get Patrick Sertan in the draft because they need so much cornerback help. But when the Broncos took him at number 10, kind of threw them for a loop. So the Cowboys just, or I'm sorry, uh, Broncos took Sertan at nine. The Cowboys pivoted at number 10 and they took Micah Parsons. That may have been the best thing that could have happened for them because this kid looks special, special. He was playing off-ball linebacker in week one. He played extremely well, was flying around just like he was doing during the preseason. Um, And then last week, Because of the injury to Demarcus Lawrence, he played some defensive end, and he absolutely got after Justin Herbert. It was was absurd how natural he looked at the position. With all of the sustained injuries with Dallas, I expect that to continue with Micah Parsons. I think he's going to be playing the defensive end role, and I think that's only going to help Dallas' chances of taking this one from Philly and winning their second game in a row. I'm really excited to watch this kid. I'm concerned about the war of attrition this early in the season for Dallas, but from what I've seen from the defense and just how much of a presence Micah Parsons has on the field, I I don't know. Call me wrong, but I feel like I'm leaning on Dallas' side here just because I'm impressed with their defense and we know what their offense can do. The receiver group is pretty banged up two weeks in. Amari Cooper is dealing with a rib injury, but he's playing through it. And then Michael Gallup is out for a couple of weeks from that injury in week one. So CeeDee Lamb is really their only healthy, completely healthy wide receiver. I don't think that matters. I think that this offense is still going to do just fine against a Philly defense whose secondary has been okay based on how they looked on paper entering the season. And then their defensive line, you know, they lost Derek Barnett for the season. Crushing blow for the Eagles, but they do have the depth to withstand that. They, of course, have Fletcher Cox. They signed Josh Sweat to a long-term extension over the offseason. They have guys on the defensive line to play. Uh, Ultimately, I think this game is going to be about who wins the trenches. Whoever wins up front is going to take this ball game. The offensive line for Dallas has been playing much better with Zach Martin back in the game. I've just talked about the Philadelphia defensive line. And then vice versa, will the 
attrition at the defensive line position for the Cowboys, will that play a factor against this Philadelphia offensive line, which has been playing okay as well? I'd like to see Nick Sirianni for Philadelphia get more creative with Jalen Hurts' skill set. We've seen what he can do in limited action thus far this season, but let's get him on the get him on the run and instill a little more play action, use his skill set to the max. This is a beatable Dallas defense. I like how they've been playing so far, but this is still a beatable Dallas defense. And get Philadelphia's young playmakers involved. Let's get Devonta Smith, let's get Jalen Rager, and let's have a good shootout on Monday Night Football. Alright guys, we'll leave it at that. We just went through three of the better games in week three. Week three is set to kick off here in the next two to three minutes, so let's get to it guys. And of course, I will be back for the week three recap later this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this abbreviated version of the week three expectations. We will try and do this more and more and get ramped up as I get more comfortable with it, so... Until then, guys, enjoy week three, stay stay safe, get vaccinated, and remember to show compassion and kindness to those around you. You never know what someone may be going through. I'm Ethan Glacine, signing off until after week three.